Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's nice to be with you again this morning as we go through another uh, devotional. Hope everyone's got their nice uh, cup of tea in their Bibles with them so that we can get into God's Word together uh, this morning. So we're in um, 1 Thessalonians still, and we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 um, this morning. So this morning we're looking at verse 1 and verse 2 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So if you do have your Bible, that's where we'll be. And it says this, Finally, then, brothers and sisters, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are walking, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. So we have Paul carrying on um, his conversation to them but as as Andy made the point yesterday he's now introducing the word finally means he's kind of finishing off the section that he's been talking about not finishing off the letter and so this section this kind of crescendo that he's getting to is uh, basically could be summed up in a few words walk with the Lord it's it's not an option in the Christian life it's not something that we get to um, kind of consider, oh, I might be walking with God today. I might choose to walk with God tomorrow. No, this, this is really what he's urging them to do. Walk with the Lord. To be a Christian is to be one who seeks to walk with God, to seek to please him, to live alongside him, to, to live up to what he calls us to be, to not be passive. You know, and we see uh, as Paul starts this this section in, in verse one, he both appeals to them as brothers and sisters uh, in the Lord, but also he appeals to his authority as an apostle of the Lord Jesus. To be, you know, an apostle means to be a sent one, an ambassador of the Lord Jesus. And so we see he says, "I we ask." You know, it's, when you ask something, it tends to be quite a soft. Um, word. It's a request. He's asking them as a brother, I'm asking you, please walk with the Lord. And then immediately afterwards, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus. So he he gives kind of a gentle look as your brother in the Lord. This is what I really would like to see from you. I'd love to see you walking with the Lord. But also as an apostle of the Lord Jesus, I'm urging you to walk with the Lord. And of course, we are uh, just as much the recipients of this asking and urging as the Thessalonians are. We also are asked and urged to walk uh, with God. Now, I think walking is an excellent analogy for the kind of a life uh, with the Lord. And it's one that's used all the way through the Bible, really. You know, when you think about Genesis 17, when uh, God descends to Abraham to make a covenant with him and you know, there's no sense of any kind of legalism there or any sense of Abraham earning his way to God. It's so uh, soaked in grace. And yet the first words God says to Abraham in Genesis 17 are, walk before me and be blameless. 
This is what it looks like to be in relationship with God, to walk with him and and be blameless, to want to be um, as pure as you can, to, to live in step with God. And the reason why I think it's used so often throughout the Old Testament, you know, even when you get to the promise of the new covenant that God would give the Spirit, it says, I'll fill them with my spirit so they may uh, learn my law, that they may walk in my ways. That's the reason God gives us the Spirit. And as I say, the reason that walking is the analogy that's used is because walking isn't something that you do passively. It's not something that you can just kind of um, click into uh, without thinking about it. Now, it may feel like that sometimes because we do so much walking. But, you know, as I see Evangeline uh, try to walk at the moment, I actually realise how much complexity there is in it. Just this morning, she was standing up and kind of looking around. And she can do that very comfortably, but she still can't make any steps. And I was thinking, actually, standing up and walking are very distinct actions. One of them is just balancing. The other one is learning to have all your weight on one foot, to put one foot in front of the other. And there's so much complexity to that image of walking that I think we don't appreciate because we do it all the time. But even for those of us who are very seasoned walkers, we know that um, walking isn't passive because, as I say, if you're on a long walk, if you if you're um, been there for a while, you may have just you know been plodding along. But eventually, if you've been walking long enough, you can really feel the strain of it, and that's when you start to go right. Shall we turn? Shall we go home now? And that's when you realise. I can't just keep going and going and going. You know, I remember hearing stories from um, people who have trained for like the Royal Marines and stuff. And they're saying when they're on their exercises, what they have to say to, to, to themselves is just one foot in front of the other. That's how they carry on going. Now, for them, they know walking isn't passive. It's not just something that they don't have to think about. They need to put one foot in front of the other. They need to just keep going on. And so it's a very good analogy for the Christian life, really, because sometimes walking in step with God can feel passive. It can feel like so easy. You just got a routine. I just get into it. But once you've been going long enough and, and trying hard enough and going after God, you start to realize the strain in it. You start to realize this isn't something I can do passively. I need to put effort in to my walk with God. And so Paul isn't assuming the worst in them when he asks and urges them. He sees that they're human. And it's the same for us. We need to be asked and urged to keep walking, to put one foot in front of the other. And it's interesting what he says. He says that you ought to walk and please God just as you are walking, that you do so more and more. So, you know, they could reply and say, what do you mean? We are doing it fine. He's saying, yeah, I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong. The challenge is to keep doing it. And that's the challenge for all of us too. It's not, I'm not saying, you guys who I'm talking to, I, I reckon that you're all failing at the Christian life. No, 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 not that at all. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't be saying that. What, what it is saying, what I'm saying to myself and to everyone is, we are walking. So let's encourage one another to keep walking, to keep putting one foot in front of the other, to keep going after God to seek to do so even more, to prepare to go further, to walk further, to keep going with God. So, um, as I say, we, we, we know what God requires of us. We know what it is to walk with God because God has revealed it to us. You know, it's interesting. If you look at verse two, 
It says, for you know, for you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. Now, this is a, a really interesting tidbit. The word for there, for you know, is a very interesting word. Um, so it's, it's just a Greek word. It's just three letters that in English would be spelled G-A-R, gar. Now, this is a fascinating word. And as Anna will tell you, because Anna gets so fed up when I read it, I have a 450-page essay, which I love, on this one word. And she calls me a big nerd for enjoying it. But it's a fascinating word. And basically, what it's there for, writers use gar. For is an okay translation, but it doesn't really quite get the fullness of it. Gar is used when a writer has said something, and they've, what they've just written, they've looked at it, and they've gone... Now I know that someone is gonna have a question about this. Someone is gonna challenge me on this. And so the next line, I'll start with Gar, and that means that I'm answering their kind of hypothetical question, their inescapable question. And so as we go back through places where it uses this word, we can kind of go, what does the author think his audience is gonna ask him here? So for instance, um, one example is in Revelation 21, it says, uh, I saw a new heavens and a new earth, and then it says, Gar, before the old heavens and the old earth had passed away. So you can hear that John, John's audience would have said, well, what happened to the first one? Well, they passed away. And so in the same way here, Paul has said, walk, uh, we ask and urge you to walk with the Lord, to go after him, to do so more and more. Now, in between verse one and verse two, there's like an imaginary question then being asked by the Thessalonians. And they're saying, well, we don't know what to do. What does it mean to go after God? How do we do that? Well, you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord. We know, you know what to do. Now, for, for us, we're in an even better position than the Thessalonians because we don't just know some instructions. We have this. We have all of God's revelation in front of us. And so we know what God requires of us. So when Paul says to, to us, you know what instructions uh, we gave you through the Lord. Well, he has given us all 66 books of his revelation. We are not in a position of ignorance. God has made sure that we know or that we have the ability to know exactly what he requires of us. The Westminster Catechism it asks in question three, what do the scriptures principally teach? And the answer it gives is what man is to believe concerning God and what duties God requires of man. It's so true. That is what the scriptures are about. And so the challenge isn't whether or not we can work out what God wants for us. The challenge is, are we going back to God's revelation? Are we going back to what he's told us and reminding ourselves of it? Are we slack we're taking seriously God's instructions. Are we feeling that urge from Paul as an apostle of Jesus to know what God has called us to do, to walk with God, to not be passive, but to keep putting one foot in front of the other, to pour over the word and be challenged by it and to find our life in it? You know, we often wonder, what does God want for my life? What's God's will for me? Well, this is what we're told, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, your growing in holiness. That is what God wills for you to grow in holiness, to walk with the Lord. So if that's what God wills for you, now you know what God's will is for your life. What are we going to do about it? Surely we need to get familiar with what God has told us to do, to what we are called to be. So that is the, the challenge for us this morning. 
to walk with the Lord, to go after him, and to not forget that we can only do this by the Spirit. As I said earlier, that the promise that in the new covenant we would walk with the Lord comes as a promise for the Spirit. And so as we depend on the Spirit and find ourselves in God's word, let's be urged by Paul to walk in step with the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your revelation to us. And Lord, we pray that we would receive that ask and that urge to walk with the Lord, to take seriously what you have revealed to us and commanded us to do and to be. Lord, help us to not find this a, a legalistic challenge, but one that responds to the spirit, one that responds to grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.